Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. I love sharing Torah classes, and thank you for listening to this episode. Feel free to follow and to share with others so they too can enjoy the Torah classes on this podcast. Now, on to the episode. Today's Daf Mesech is Gitin is Daf Pezayin 87. We're going to have three sections in today's daf. The first section is going to be a debate to clarify the distinction between klal and tofes in the mission that we had when the five kitten in one are considered one and the witnesses validate all of them. It's a klal and versus when it's a tofes and it's not. Machlokas or biochan or mishlokish. And we'll explain the machlokas as well as questions and proofs. The second section is going to be where you have two gitin, one next to the other, and there's Hebrew and Greek witnesses signed in the bottom. We'll see it makes a difference because the Greeks used to sign the opposite format. We'll see which of those are kosher, two different cases. And then the third section is going to be the new Mishnah on Pezayinam and Beis, multiple halachas. The one that we'll discuss today, where you have two gitin par- partially written one next to another, and uh, we'll explain why it's going to be acceptable if the witnesses are below on the left column. So let's begin here. We had in the Mishnah, the second part of our Mishnah yesterday, Pevav Mudbeis, the following case. A person had one get, one, one document, I should say, with five gitten written inside of it. So that means that you had five different gitten that said uh, divorce, and then it said Reuven's divorcing Leah, Shimon's divorcing Rachel, etc., all written inside of one. Now there's two possibilities here. One of them will be considered that the witnesses at the bottom validate all of them and you give it to all five women and one it'll only validate the what is immediately before it so the mishnah distinguishes between them by saying if it was a klal which means it's all grouped together as one then the signatures at the bottom validate all of them you give it to each of the five women but if it's tofes which means if there was text for each of them which we'll have to figure out what that means today it's separate gitin and therefore whichever get or whichever divorce the witnesses are signed on that will make that effective the other four are ineffective so we're going to wonder is well what what's the distinction really so the Gemara says like this it's second to last line on Tofis. well what is the case where they're grouped together and what is the case where they're separated by texts that make it that only the signatures the last divorce that's mentioned will the signatures validate so we have machlokas here, Biochan Rish Lakish. Amra Biochan Rabyochan says, Zman Echad Lakulan, like this. If there's one date at the top of the document, and then the signatures are at the bottom, and in between it says, Rovin's divorcing Leah, Shimon's divorcing Rachel, all five of them, let's say. Zeuklal. That would be considered grouped together, because then we'll say, says Rabyochanan, that the signatures at the bottom with the date on top incorporate everything into that one get. So you can give it to all five. However, if there's a date for each of the individuals, meaning it says, Reuven's divorcing Rachel, date. Shimon's divorcing uh, Leah, with the date. All of them, it separates between them. And then, that would be considered separate texts. And then it would be that only the ones that the signatures are on, the last one, would be considered an acceptable divorce. That's Rabbi Yochanan's opinion. Says, even if there's one date at the top, that would also be considered separate get gitin, meaning it would be considered separate documents if even if there's only one date at the top, and therefore it would only validate the last one. So then what would be the case is Rish Lakish, that I would say it would be considered grouped together. So he says it actually has to be grouped together in a group-like 
language. What does it mean? Tikasav, it has to be that you write in that get, Anu plenty, plenty, plenty. We, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, and Yehuda, Girashnu Nishosenu Plonis Uplonis, are divorcing our wives, Leia, Rachel, Bila, and Zilpha. Meaning, if you group such a language like that, that would be that the signatures validate all of the divorces. But if not, says the Gemara, says Reish Lakish, even if there's only one date at the top, it would not be considered grouped together, and only the last divorce would be effective. Gemara says to Reish Lakish, now we're going to challenge Reish Lakish, then we'll challenge, or Rabbi Yochanan, then we'll challenge Reish Lakish. So on that note, Maskif Rabbi Abri, Abba turns back to Rabbi Yochanan and he says, I don't understand. Rabbi Yochanan, according to Rabbi Yochanan, who says, if there's one date at the top, Zeoklal, it groups them all together, maybe when the witnesses signed, maybe they were only signing on the last divorce. He says, as long as there's a date on the top and there's no other individual dates, it's acceptable as one get, and everyone's uh, grouped together. How could that be? Maybe they only signed in the last one, and they weren't signing on the first four. Milo Tanya, because did we not learn in a brisa, which we're gonna? Um, I'm sorry, yeah, we didn't learn in a brisa. Edim Chasum and Al Sheila Shalom. If you have a get, and you have the text of the get, and at the very end of it, it says, "Send regards to somebody," and then the witnesses sign. So they signed on the Sheila Shalom. They sent on the letter of regards or of sending welcome. Beget, and they signed on the Sheila Shalom that was attached at the bottom of a get. Puzzle. The get is considered puzzle. Why is it considered puzzle? Because chashina shemal she'elah shalom chasmu. Maybe they only signed on the letter of uh, greetings, but not on the get itself. So therefore, it should be the same thing here. Says the Gemara, where they're signing on the end of it, and there's only and there's five separate divorces going on. Maybe they're only signing on the fifth one and not the other four. So if they're not grouped together, like Rish Lakish says in a group setting, how do you know that they're going in the last four as well? Or answers la bitmar alam Rabbi Yavo. Rabbi Yavo explained by that case of Sheila Shalom, where they sign on a letter of greeting that follows a get. But idim if actually minated Rabbi Yochanan to explain the name of Rabbi Yochanan, which actually validates his position here too. Shalu, if the inside of the get at the end of it it says a separate statement. There's a get, and then it says a separate statement. Ask how somebody's doing, and then they sign. Puzzle. The get's invalid because we can't assume the signatures are referencing back to the get. But vishalu, if it says the get. And the vav achibur, the vav that connects the items, if it says and ask, so kosher, then the signatures will be also going back because the vav connects the items, and we assume then that the signatures are going back and referring back to the get as well. Achinamis, the Gemara says, it will be the same thing here. Fixiv be ploni, uploni, uploni. If the case over here would be where it wrote in the get, Uven's divorcing Levi, or Uven's divorcing Leah, and Shimon's divorcing uh, Rachel, and meaning the Vav that connects them makes it that the signatures at the end is a reference back to all of the divorces that are taking place. Fine. So therefore, Yochanan says, even though there's only one date and there's nothing else grouping it together, the Vav connects them all, and the uh, languages at the language would therefore make it inclusive that all Gitin would be acceptable. Okay, but there's a further question on Rabbi Yochanan. Vesu, furthermore, According to Rabbi Yochanan, who says, if there were separate dates in the get, it would be considered separate texts, and you can only validate the last of the divorces that are mentioned in the get. Now, the problem is like this the Gemara is assuming at this point they were actually different dates. So, it means that would come out as it says, Reuven's divorcing Leah on Sunday, January 1st. Shimon's divorcing Rachel Monday, January 2nd. The problem is, if that's true, 
the invalidation shouldn't be because they're separate gittin, but rather it should be an issue because it was written by one day, signed at night. Now this is just a reference to the Mishnah. As Rashi explained, it's Lavdafka. What it means to say is the signatures were clearly done at a different time, and if so, the other ones are puzzle, not just because we don't know it's referring back to them, but rather because it was signed a different day. Okay, you have to say, according to Rabbi Yochanan, when would it be considered grouped together when there's one date on top? And when there's dates in between, it would be problematic because it's separate gitin. But it's not a problem of being signed. A di- it has to be when it was all signed on the same date. Meaning it would have to be that it was separate dates they were all signed on Sunday, January 1st. So now that's not an issue of written and signed on different dates, but it is an issue because it separates the documents as separate gitin. Okay. So we challenge Rabbi Yochanan, we resolve his position. Now, let's turn to Reish Lakish. Amr Rabbi Ravina al-Ravashi. So Ravina now says to Ravashi, according to Reish Lakish, is also going to be a challenge. So again, according to Reish Lakish, if there's a date on the top, it doesn't group it together. It has to be that you have this inclusive language that says, Reuven, Shimon, Levi are divorcing Rachel, Leah, Bilam. So the Reish Lakish, according to Reish Lakish, the Amr's man echad lekula nami tofesavi. According to Reish Lakish, it says if there's one date on top, it's still considered separate texts. Ve'echidamiklal. The only case of klal would be the ksiv be'hachi, where you write the following: Anuploni, uploni, gerashna, nishosein, uplonis, uplonis. We Reuven and Shimon are divorcing our wives, Rachel and Leah. So it says Ravina. One second, Ravina says to Ravashi, Nimtu would come out. That you have two women who seem to be being divorced with one get, with one text. The problem is, the Torah says it has to be written for her in the singular. The implication is, you can't have one get, one text, that's divorcing her and her friend. So asks the Gemara, how could it be then that she and her friend are both being divorced with the same get, it, granted, it's a group lashon, and therefore you could assume the witnesses are going back on, on the group language. But still, it's it's mul- divorcing multiple women with one get. It shouldn't be able to be effective. So the Gemara answers. You have to say, to, Ravashi responds, to Hadar Kasev, it has to be where after writing the group language, then you also itemize it. You individualize it. And you write, Ploni Girish Plonis, Reuven's divorcing Leah, Ploni Girish Plonis, and Rachel, yeah, Shimon's divorcing Rachel, etc. So... After grouping all of the people together, you also itemize them. So now it becomes individual gitin as well within the same document, and you can divorce all of them. Now the Gemara is saying this answer. The Gemara is assuming that if you wouldn't do this, it would mean that this is considered divorcing multiple women with one get, and that's a problem. So Ravina challenges Ravashi's necessity of saying that. So Amli Ravina, the Ravashi, Ravina said back to Ravashi, I'm going to show you that when it comes to avadim kenanim, when non-Jewish slaves, you can free them with one document, multiple slaves with one document. And since we know that there's a gezer shava, a link connecting women and non-Jewish slaves, which is la-la, gezer shava, so if the halacha is such for non-Jewish slaves, you can assume for women it's the same thing. So then why do you need to say that you itemize each divorce after? Even if you wouldn't, clearly you can divorce multiple women with one get. How is it different than the following brisa? Tanya, as it teaches in a brisa, you have a master who loves his slaves, and so he writes over all of his property to his servants. So now, when you can't give everything to two servants, so what ends up happening now is 
each of them will acquire 50%. But now 50% means each one owns part of the other one as well, the slave himself, because slave is property. So kanu, mishachar, and zezeh, they acquire the property, and then they free each other the part that they own in the other slave. What do you see? It's one document, and they still could acquire it. So clearly you can free two slaves with one document, so you should be able to free divorce two wives with one document too. So why do you need to say it's re-itemized it after? So the Mar answers, No, we established over there, it's talking about where there were two separate documents. So if there's two separate documents, he transferred two separate documents over to his servant, then they could acquire it. If there's not, though, it would be an issue because love, alola, can't be that you divorce or free two slaves with one document or divorce two women with one document. That's why it would have to be itemized it after the fact. Okay, so we resolved Rish Lakish's position as well. Now the Gemara says we have a Brisa Tanya Kavasid Rabbi Yochanan Tanya Kavasid Rish Lakish. We have a Brisa that supports the position of Rabbi Yochanan, his explanation of Klal and Tofes, as well as that of Rish Lakish. Let's see. Tanya Kavasid Rabbi Yochanan. So this is a clear Brisa that supports Rabbi Yochanan. It says as follows. Their explanation in the Mishnah. Get if five people wrote inside of the get. Ish ploni megarish plonis. Reuven's divorcing Leah. Uploni plonis and Shimon's divorcing Rachel. Uploni plonis and Yaakov's divorcing Bilha. Okay. Vizman echad lekulan. So there's one date on top. Vehaedim elmata and the witnesses are signed below. Kulan and they're all acceptable. Vetinas and the kolachas faachas and he would give the get to every individual woman and she'd be divorced. This is considered a klal, exactly like Rabbi Yochanan explained. But if there were individual dates for each of the people being divorced, and the signatures were below, so only the ones that the witnesses were read together with would be acceptable. The others wouldn't because this is an issue of tofes. It's separate texts as it's split up by dates. Now, Rabbi Dimavisera Omer, he argues and he says like this, if there is... Uh, excuse me, if there's space between them, puzzle. Meaning, if there's space between the divorced pe- people being divorced, so then it would be puzzle. You can't connect the signatures to those people. But if there's no space, kosher would be acceptable. Means Rabbi just argues in one point. He says, the fact that there's individual dates in between does not actually separate between them. That could still be considered a klal. It would only be considered a separation if there was actual open space between them. But dating is not an issue. Okay, but our, our Rabbi Yochanan would be supported by the Tanakhama. Tani Kavasid Reish Lakish. Now we also have a Brisa that supports Reish Lakish's position in Klal and Tofes. As the Brisa says, Chamisha Shekasfu, Klal Besocha Get. If five people wrote a general inclusive language within the Get, which is Anu Ploni Uploni, we Reuven and Shimon, Girashnin and Shosein Uplonis Uplonis, are divorcing our wives, Leah and Rachel. And then he itemized it by saying Ploni, Girish Plonis. Reuven's divorcing Leo, Ploni, Girish, Plonis, Shimon's divorcing Rachel, Vizman Echad Lakulan, and there's one date inside of it for all of them, Vihoedim Umata, and the witnesses are signed below, Kulan Ksher, and they would all be acceptable. Now, the Gemara, the Gemara is going to challenge why it needs to be one date. We'll see, this is not really necessarily, uh, we'll see, we'll see why that needs to be according to Rish Lakish. And it'll be given to each of the women and they'll be divorced. However, if there's dates for each one, and there's space, meaning there's a toface for each individual person, and the witnesses are signed below, the one that the witnesses are read with will be acceptable, the other ones are not acceptable. Now, Rabbi Meir Omer, he just argues on one point, he says, even if there's no space between them, puzzle would still be invalid. So Rabbi Meir actually goes more like the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan, as he explained, which is that the time that Zman will separate between them, making it into tofes. But the point is, is that Reish Lakish is supported by the fact that you see it has to be grouped together, actually, we, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, are divorcing, Rachel Leah Billah, 
and then itemize, that would be acceptable. Gemara says, I don't understand. If the Tanakama here supports Reish Lakish's position, Reish Lakish, why does it separate and create it into a tofes when each one has a separate zman? Reish Lakish himself said, that doesn't make a difference. Even if each one has a separate zman, that would still be considered... Um, even if there was a zman at the top, only one zman, it would be considered a tofes. It would only be considered a klal when it's actually grouped together in language. The Gemara is assuming at this point that the reisha and seifa of the brice at the beginning and end are two separate cases. So if that's the case, it seems to imply what would make it into a tofes when you have separate zmanim. Gemara said, no, that's not true, because even if you don't have separate zmanim, it could still be considered a tofes. It would only be considered a klal when the languages are grouped together. So the Gemara says, Okay, it's true what you're saying, that it would be considered a toface, and it would not require separate zmanim to make it into a toface, where they're not grouped together originally, which means really the seifa is referring back to the reisha. The end of the brice is referring back to the case of the reisha. So it would come out as like this. If there was one zman, as is dictated in the reisha, in the beginning of the brisa, and it wasn't mixed together, it means the names were not mixed together, so then even one zman on the top would make it that it's still a tofes and it wouldn't be considered a klal, avul hacha. But the seifa's talking about te'arvinu me'ikara, like the case of the reisha. Originally, the names were grouped together, which means in the beginning of the get, it said, Reuven, Shimon, Levi are divorcing Rachaleya Bila. So ipalig lehuzman, so then in such a scenario, once it's grouped together, that's a klal. Unless, if there's separate zmanim separating them in, then it'll be considered a tofes and separate them. Ilo, but if there's no separate zmanim, there's no separate dates for each of the individual divorces, lo, that would not be considered a tofes, that would be considered a klal, groups all the names together and they would all be able to be divorced. Okay, let's continue. Second point of the day now. Now, before we see this inside, let's just explain this outside for a moment. Now, we're going to have a scenario like this. You have two gittin that are side by side. Okay, one piece of parchment, one get, two get, two individual, two separate gittin, but they're written on the same parchment side by side. You have four signatures underneath them. Two of them are written in the normative Hebrew format, which is Reuven ben Yaakov, let's say. Reuven, the son of Yaakov. Now, who's the person signing there? It's Reuven, because Reuven is the son of Yaakov. One, two. We're going to have two cases. I'll explain the first case, and we'll see the second one also. The third and fourth signatures over here are Greek signers. Now, Greek signers, they used to sign in the opposite format, which means when you would write Reuven ben Yaakov and you were Greek, it actually meant Yaakov was the son and Reuven was the father. So Reuven ben Yaakov was interpreted as saying Reuven's son is Yaakov, and Yaakov's the person signing. And these signatures extend from right to left. So now what ends up happening is really the third and fourth people signing are actually signed under the left get and not under the right get. Mm-hmm. Understand that? Because the, cho- the person who's actually signing, Reuven ben Yaakov, is actually Yaakov. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth signature is the same idea. So the Gemara is going to mention here, we'll discuss which of these two getin are considered acceptable because it's connected to two signatures. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have a little bit more of an involved case we'll see in the second case of the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, Shnei getin shekas van You have two getin written side by side. Now there's two Hebrew witnesses that extend from under the right get to the left get. Uven ben Yaakov, let's say. And then Shimon ben, ya- Shimon ben Yaakov. 
But then you also have two Greek witnesses signed that extend from the left to the right. Now, why do I say extend from the left to the right? Because when they sign their name, let's say it's Yosef ben Yaakov, really their name is Yaakov, which is under the left, and their father's name is under the right. Well, obviously, the other names of the people that are signing are on the one side of the issue. So, well, let's see exactly, yeah. because over here what we're assuming is that their actual names are under the left one, as I explained. So the Gemara says like this, the ones that the first witnesses are read together with is acceptable. So in the illustration that I just said, since the right document, the right get, have the Hebrew names signed under them, which are the names of the people that are actually signing, the right one will be acceptable, the left one is not acceptable. The Gemara is going to challenge this and say, why would the left one not be acceptable? The third and fourth signatures should validate the left one we'll see in the Gemara. Now case number two. It's a little more technical. So you have a Hebrew witness and a Greek witness, one, two. And then you have another Hebrew and another Greek, three, four. Now they extend from under one get to the other, say right to left. They're both going to be puzzle. Now if you look at Rashi, Arzkel is a good picture too, but let me explain this outside how Rashi explains. It's not a straight format like we explained before. What happened is like this. You have a Hebrew witness, which is Reuven ben Yaakov, if you want to look in there, that you'll, you'll, it'll be able to illustrate it, I think. The first one's a Hebrew witness. Reuven ben Yaakov. So Reuven is under the first get on the right, and Yaakov is under the second. Now Reuven's the son, Yaakov's the father, which means which of those gets should be validated? The one on the right. Now, the next one doesn't start, which is Greek. He starts his signature under the left, Yosef Yevani, Yosef the Greek signer, Ben Shimon. Now we learned, as I mentioned before, when you write Yosef ben Shimon and you're a Greek signer, actually Shimon is your name, mm -hmm. which means he starts at the end of the left, under the left get, and he goes to the next line under the right get, which means where is his name actually signed? Shimon, right. under the right. Mm -hmm. So theoretically, if you take Reuven and Shimon now, they would validate the right get. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's move on. The next Hebrew witness is Kehas, and he wrote, starting with the left get, under the left get, Kehas Ivri, Kehas the Hebrew, Ben Levi, which extends to the next line under the right get, which means he's actually signed under the left get. And finally, the final Greek witness signed Yachzeel Ben Naftali, like the normal format of the Greek signers, and Naftali is actually his name, from right to left, which means actually you have two, three, and four. Three and four are actually Hebrew and Greek under the left, mm -hmm. and first, one and two, Hebrew and Greek, are signed under the right. So you'd say, Lachar, they should both be kosher with a Hebrew and Greek witness. Okay, but says like, the Mishnah, no. Well, if you understand it, as I explained it, it should be both are acceptable. But the Mishnah says that's not true. The Mishnah says they're both disqualified. And we're going to have to explain why that is, again. But it's going to be basically what you just said, which is we don't know necessarily who's validating what. It's going to be clarified in the Gemara. But let's go back to the first case of the Mishnah. So the Gemara tells us like this. The Mishnah told us where you have two Hebrew witnesses and two, two Greek witnesses signed under to Gittin. So the Gemara wonders like this, really what we should be able to do here, we said only the one that the first two signatures are, are connected to, which means the left one in a case I illustrated is not acceptable. Problem is, Lechori, you should be able to split up the first two signatures mm -hmm. and make it that they're both, that the first two are validating both documents. How would that be? So if you wrote Reuven ben Yaakov, 
Now, Reuven is a way you could sign. Reuven aid, let's say. And Ben Yaakov, if it's written under the left one, that's another way of identifying yourself. We're going to see that's an acceptable way to sign. So then Ben Yaakov itself should be like he signed under the left document. So why is that not acceptable? Utilizing the first and second signatures themselves. Asks the Gemara in the first case, Why don't we validate? Reuven should validate the right document, and Ben Yaakov Eid should validate the second document. Tahatanan, as we learn, going to learn in a Mishnah later, Anamud Beis, Ben Ishploni Eid, if you write that on the son of a certain person who's a witness, Kasher, that's also acceptable. Where it says the Kasher of Reuven Ben Akama must be. Case of the Mishnah is where he wrote Reuven the son of under the right document, the Yaakov Eda Basra, and he wrote Yaakov a witness under the left document. Now Yaakov a witness is not a valid identification. That's his father's name. So therefore, that wouldn't validate the left one. Asks the Gemara, Eliskasher Hybra Uvein Ben. So again, maybe we should say. Really, he was writing it in the Greek format. And Reuven ben Yaakov really is Yaakov's the son. Reuven ben is the father. But then Reuven ben means the son of Reuven. So Reuven ben should validate the right document as the son of Reuven. And Yaakov should validate the left document. Asks the Gemara of Eliskasher Haiba Reuven ben. Why don't we validate the, the right one with Reuven ben as the son of Reuven? Eliskasher Haiba Yaakov And validate the, second, the left one with Yaakov that's not because we're going to learn the Mishnah later also. Ish ploni aid kosher. If you write that it's um, uh, uh, Yaakov aid, it's, it's acceptable. So why is that not acceptable here? So the Gemara gives two answers. Either you could say, you didn't use the word aid, and that's not acceptable. The Ibai same alternatively, the it could be you wrote Yaakov aid in the second one. But we know that this fellow's name is not Yaakov. We know that his name is Reuven ben Yaakov. So we know that when it said Yaakov aid, it's not Yaakov was the son of Reuven, and therefore the left one is not acceptable. Turn to Beis Ayinam Beis now. So the Gemara challenges another another question. The Dilma Bishma Davu Achasim. Okay, but fine. So clearly Yaakov is his father's name, but maybe he's signing his own uh, identity using his father's name. Meaning maybe he wrote Reuven Ben on the right one, so that's acceptable using his own name. And he's writing Yaakov Eid because he's identifying himself with his father, so why is that not acceptable? A person won't leave over his name and use his father's name as signing. It means you don't usually do that, it's not a normal thing to do, so we can't assume the left one's acceptable. Asks the Gemara, okay, fine. <clears throat> He's not going to sign his father's name to identify himself as that name. But Vidilma Simnashavya. Maybe he's just using it as a symbol, like as a identification, as a symbol, but not the name itself to identify himself. Deharav Tsayer Kavra. We know different Amoroyim, when they would sign, they wouldn't write their names. They would draw images that was their signature. Rav used to draw fish. That was his identification. Rabbi Chanina Charusa, he used to draw a palm branch. Rabbi Chizda Samach, he drew a Samach. Rabbi Shaya Ayin, he drew an Ayin. Rabbi Barhuna Tsayer Makusa, he used to draw the mast of a ship. So maybe when he writes his father's name, it's, it's, it's a symbol. A person is not chutzpedik. He won't use his father's name as an identification like that, as a symbol, because that's a dis- disrespect and people won't do that. Okay. So we've shown why Yaakov Eid cannot be another way of him signing for himself. That's why they can't be validated with the first and second signature. But now the Gemara takes a different angle. Gemara says like this. This is really what we started with. Why don't we validate the right get? with the two Hebrew witnesses, like we're saying, and validate the left get 
with the two Greek witnesses. Meaning, what you should really say is, since Greek usually write the son after the father, so the third and fourth signature is connected to the left get. Why is that not acceptable? Like we're going to learn later in the next Mishnah. If a get was written in Hebrew, but its signers were Greek, or or vice versa, kosher, that's perfectly acceptable. So why can't we use the third and fourth signatures to validate the left document? So maybe you'll answer, since there's a separation of two lines, meaning you have the first and second signature separating between the left document and the third and fourth signature, and that disqualifies it. The problem is, if you fill in empty space, even with relatives who are not acceptable signatures, kosher, it's acceptable. Rashi explains, very interesting thing, it would be worse to have open space on a get than to have filled in space, even though they're not kosher. So here too, for sure, it should be the same. You have one and two, which are kosher signatures for the right, and then three and four should be kosher signatures for the left. The inter interposing of one and two shouldn't be an issue. Rashi actually applies this to Hilcha Sukkah. When it comes to schach, if you have open air space, You'd, it's much less space that would invalidate the sukkah, three tfachin. But if it's pasal schach on top of the sukkah, you have up to four, because pasal schach is less invalidating than open air space. So what's the problem? Where he answers that Tani Ziri, you're right. Ziri actually teaches the second get, the left get is acceptable with the third and fourth signatures. But our Mishnah clearly doesn't hold that way. So Vitana Didan. So what is the reason that our Tana doesn't paskin that way? Why does he say the left get is possible? Dilma Gundalis Chasim. Because we say maybe they signed Gundalis, which is an irregular sort of signing. Maybe the, one of the two Greek witnesses signed in an irregular, in their irregular sort of way. And then it would emerge, Vikulu Achadu de See me. Maybe the two maybe the two Greek witnesses signed in an irregular sort of way, excuse me, and maybe all four signatures are actually on the right document, which means to say it's true in general, the Greeks would put the son's name after the father's name. But here they're signing after two Hebrew witnesses, so maybe they flipped it over here, and then you actually have no signatures on the, on the left get, and therefore we're going to say the left get is invalid based on this suspicion. Okay, let's move on to the last case of our Mishnah. We said, So if you switched off Hebrew witness, Greek witness, Hebrew witness, Greek witness. And we explained the format as Rashi explained on Amar Aleph. So the Gemara now wonders, we said, both get dinner psulin. So the Gemara says, As I asked, why don't we validate the, for the right get with the Hebrew and Greek witness, and the left get with the Hebrew and Greek witness that follow. Right? As Rashi explained the format in Amad Aleph, as we learned earlier, later in the Mishnah, you can have a Hebrew and a Greek witness that combine to validate a get, so what's the problem over here? Right. Ziri actually teaches this case, both documents would be acceptable. Okay, but then according to our Mishnah, what is the reason we're going to say they're both puzzle? Again, because maybe they inverted their regular way. They made it an irregular one of the two Greek signers. You only have three signatures on one, and only one signature on the other. So the Gemara now is saying is, maybe, let's go with the first case. There's two ways to look at this. Maybe when Yosef... Yevani ben Shimon, as Rashi explained, he started under the left side and then he went down to the next line under the right side. Maybe he was actually signing like the Hebrew format and his name is actually uh, Yosef, which means he signed on the left. Now, if that would be the case, as, as the Hebrew format would be, you'd actually end up having three signatures on the left, one signature on the right. Or maybe the fourth signature was Greek, also inverted, and Yachtel, who's on the right, is actually his name, and then you have three on the right and only one on the left. Therefore, you don't know which actually has two signatures, and therefore, because of this concern, they're both going to be possible. Okay, let's move on. 
final section of the day here. Now we're going to have a series of halachas regarding signing. We'll see a bunch of halachas in this Mishnah. It says the Mishnah. Shayer miktas haget v'kasfu b'daf So this is a similar case, but it's not two gitin. It means what you have over here is he left over part of the get and he wrote the rest of it on the second column. So you have again one large piece of paper in width, let's say, and he wrote over he wrote most of the get on one side and then he wrote over some of it on the left side. And the witnesses are signed below. Kosher. The get's acceptable. Now the Gemara is going to wonder, we're going to see why this is a bit difficult, but acceptable. You can assume it's all one get, it's acceptable. Case number two. Now, if witness is signed on the top of the get, or minatsad, or in the margins, meaning on the right or the left, or me'acharov, or in the back of the, the get, the get pushed by a normal get, not by a get mekusher, which that was the normal thing to do. Puzzle. In all these cases, the Adam are not read along with the get because they're above it, the side of it, behind it. The get is puzzle. Case number three. You have one piece of paper and you have two gitten that are written on it, but they're both written extending to the ends on the right and the left of the paper, starting in the middle, extending outward. And the witnesses are signed in the middle between the two gitin. It's a very creative case. Shnei and psulin. They're both invalid. Again, because the witnesses are not read with the bottom of either of these gitin as they both extend outwards. However, the contrast, if they're both written from the edges, the right and left, extending to the middle, and the witnesses are signed in the middle, so then, whichever of these two the witnesses are aligned with would be acceptable. Now, case number three in this section, if you have one get written, and then you have another get written following it, and the witnesses are in the middle, so the one that the witnesses are read along with would be acceptable, which means if it was written after the first one, you have a second one following, second one's disqualified, the first one's acceptable. Okay, now point number four here. Get Shekas for Ivris, which you quoted above. If you have a get that was written in Hebrew, Ve'ed of Yavanis, and its signers were Greek. Or Yavanis, Ve'ed of Ivris, or it was written in Greek and its signers were Hebrew. Or it was inverted, one Hebrew, one Greek. Or Ksav Sofer Ve'ed, which we discussed this, we'll discuss this later, we discussed it earlier. If it was written by the Sofer, you had the handwriting of the Sofer, and only one witness, Kasher, these would all be acceptable. We'll see in the Gemara exactly what that case is. Rabbi Yermia explained it was Ksav the Baal. We'll see exactly. Final point of the mission, number five. Ish ploni aid. Now, what is an acceptable way of signing? What's an acceptable signature? So if he writes, Ish uh, ploni aid, Yaakov, the person who's a witness, kosher, that's a kosher way to sign. Ben Ish ploni aid, or if he writes the son of Ish ploni aid, he's a witness, also kosher. Ish ploni ben Ish ploni, so if he writes, Yaakov ben Reuven, but he doesn't write the words aid, velo kasav aid, kosher, it's also acceptable. V'kach hayu nikiyei adas Yerushalayim osin, that's what the clear-minded people of Yerushalayim used to do. They didn't want to write extra words, so they just wrote Yaakov ben Reuven, they didn't write the word aid. Kasav chanichasav chanichasav, final point of the Mishnah in terms of writing, is if they wrote the husband and wife, it's either surname or nicknames. Instead of writing their proper names, kosher, that would also be acceptable as a form of identification of the people being divorced. Now back on the first point of the Mishnah, the Mishnah told us, if you have one piece of paper, part of the get was written on the lower half of one piece of paper, let's say, and then the top of the, le the left column, you wrote the ends of it with signatures. We said it's acceptable. Kasha, the Gemara is going to wonder, is like this. Maybe, really, this was two separate gitten. The left column extended farther up. 
He had one get written on the right column. Mm -hmm. He tore off the bottom half of it. Yeah. He tore off the top of the left, the left column. Now, why would he do this? Because there were certain conditions in his get, which was on the right, that he didn't want. Yeah. And he made it look like it was one, but really that's not acceptable. Now, you're saying it looks like a very far-fetched concern. So let's see. Maybe it was two separate gitin. And he aligned it. It occurred that he aligned the zman, the top part of the right get, with the signatures of the left get. But really, it's not one get. He tore off the, the date of the left get. And he tore off the signers of the right get. Why did he do that? So he removed any conditions that he didn't like on his get on the right. Rabbi Abba Amarav, Rabbi Abba Amarav learns, Kishayesh Revach Milmata. Okay. The case over here is that there's open space below the right get. So since there's open space there, clearly he didn't tear anything off because there's open area. Asks the Gemara, Vidilma's Mandabasra Megas Gazye. Okay. But maybe what happened was, is really that it was two separate gitin and there was a Zman in the top get, meaning there was the top part of the left get, and he tore that off in order to add uh, to his unfinished one. Rashi explains like this. Maybe what happened was he had a get that was a separate get on the right. There was a proper get written on the left. At some point he decided not to finish his own get on the right, so he retracted from doing it. Later he decided that he wants to actually divorce her, so what he did was he tore off the top of the left and made it look like it was one get and then gave it to her. Our answer is, So just like Rabbi Amarav said that there's open space below the right get, so it would also be where there's open space above the left get, meaning you're dealing with a scenario that it's clear there was nothing torn off here because there was open space below the right, there was open space above the left, which means now what you have is there wasn't a, 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 a top part of the left, there wasn't a bottom part of the right, clearly it's one get, fine. The Gemara says, but now that you're saying that, there's open space. Maybe what happened was he started to write it. He decided he's not going to give it to her. At some later point, he decided that he wants to finish it off, and then he wrote the next part of it. The problem was, one second. Yeah. So the problem is, as Rashi explains, then this would create an issue of because maybe what happened was he stopped the proceedings on day one, and then on day three he decided he'll finish it up and have it signed. So even if it's one get, theoretically this would also be an issue of written at day and signed at a different day. So the Gemara answers, because of Hare at Milmata. What happened was, he wrote the words, Behold you, below at the bottom of the right, Umuteris Milmala. And he wrote, Are permitted in the top of the right. Now, a person wouldn't retract and then write that at a later date. If you're going to retract, he'll finish the sentence, stop it, and then maybe do later, so you know that this is connected. Fine. So the Gemara says, Maybe that's just what happened. So the Gemara says, We don't have to be so concerned. Meaning that's already so far-fetched that he wrote half of a sentence, stopped and decided to continue writing it on the top of the left. We don't have to worry about that. That's answer number one. So according to this answer, you have some space below and above, indicating this is one get. You don't have to be concerned that it was stopped and started and that this is really signed at a later date because it was in the middle of a sentence. Ravashi, Yom Ravashi, doesn't have to be other space above and below. But rather, you could see from the stretched margins that that's where the get ended and started. Meaning to say, as you see from the document, the edges of the document used to be thicker, the way they would stretch it in order to process these documents. You see clearly it ends 
and then where the next one starts that it's one document there was nothing cut off from the top or the bottom because this was one document so therefore you don't have to be worried maybe he cut something off in the top or cut something off in the bottom clearly this was written as one document not two separate gitin and therefore he answers all of the questions there's nothing to be concerned about in this case okay we're stopping at the top of Peches and Modal if Hashem we'll pick up tomorrow continuing to explain the cases of this Mishnah and Daf Peches everybody have a wonderful day